Hi, this is The Rocket Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And I'm Bobby Snyder. And welcome today. We're still working through the Rocket Recovery Overcoming Trauma. We're on Lesson 17. It's called Healthy Faith. One more lesson after this one, and we got this book wrapped up. Yeah, and then we'll be working through the Spirit and Soul Disconnect book that I just published. Another it's, book. Another book. It's a really good one. <laughs> it's really, it's really deep and it's really rich, and and I think it's going to get us some breakthrough. But, I am also in the works of putting together a twelve lesson series on the twelve steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, a kind of layman's terms uh, breakdown uh, the way that I teach class. Uh, that anybody could really understand it, even if you don't have a history of recovery. So be looking for that. It should be up in a couple weeks. Uh, I'll start with episode one. It'll be step one, and we'll go from there. Huh. I appreciate your support in that ideal. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> so kick us off with the introduction here, Bobby. Ah, healthy faith. A fretting and wringing of my hands with a perpetual whine, indulging every savage emotion that attempts to take me captive is a good signal that I'm not strong in faith. Am I spiritually sick? Oh, perpetual whine, savage emotions. <laughs> yeah, pretty descriptive. I think that's kind of where I've been in life, <laughs> you know, where that exa- that emotions get really exaggerated. And so I... Uh, I really wanted this sentence to do a little bow so that you're like, okay, if I'm fretting, uh, fuming, worrying, uh, anxious, then I have not engaged my faith. Now, faith is in the heart. Um, Faith comes from the heart, but we have to renew our mind to be able to hold strong faith. So I want you to realize that sometimes you don't think in terms of faith, and it's not something that you... Um, are going to be able to activate in your mind. You've just got to believe, and you've got to say, Lord, help me, help me, help me. So let's look at spiritual sickness for the first thing. Okay, being lukewarm. So because you're lukewarm, like neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's Revelation 3, 16. Spiritually asleep. You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. Psalms 50, 17. Complacent a.k.a. sloth. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard sluggard turns on his bed. Proverbs 26, 14. Yeah, I used to open the door uh, to my kids' bedrooms and go, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) okay, sloth, roll over and get up. (laughs) So spiritually calloused hearts. Sloth comes in a lot of forms. Mm -hmm. Spiritually calloused, uh, for people, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Matthew thirteen fifteen. So, Bobby, my heart gets calloused when I'm wounded, when I'm hurt. And if I don't deal with that, if I don't forgive, if I don't release, if I don't... Uh, work through that, it turns into bitterness, and that calluses my heart. I understand that. Uh, A lot of us uh, who are in the recovery world uh, get hurt a lot uh, because of the overdose rate. Um, So we can get callous to things that happen in the, in the, in the, in the natural realm, in the, in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I can remember one of the first people that, that, happened to overdose and pass away was a sponsee of mine. Not one of the first people, but the first people that was like in our little group. And uh, 
and uh, and it it was devastating. Uh, and 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 of course, it's also it's awful when somebody loses a life. <clears throat> but it seems like it has a different uh, effect now. Uh, mm. It feels differently because it's happened so often, uh, mm. and I think that that kind of that's how I can relate to this being calloused, uh, having my heart calloused spiritually. Yeah. Um, too much of a of a bad thing will. It's just like on the exterior of your body, you know. I think right. that's where the re- the reference comes from, obviously. But you know, if I if I keep banging uh, a, a portion of my hand on the door when I walk out, eventually it's going to develop a callus or or to protect me. Yeah, it's going to uh, be numb. So, it's, it, what is it protecting me from, though? Mm-hmm. And what is what would this be protecting me from? From getting hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to love if you know you're going to be hurt, but if you don't. Uh, receive the wounds, then you're not ever going to love. So sometimes you just have to realize that, okay, I need to love with this genuine, pure love with without any desire to have to be loved back, without it having to look a certain way. And then we get to experience love. And, and you know, we're always going to get hurt in relationship, but we're also going to heal in relationship. And the healthy relationships are the ones that you can go back to and say, hey, you hurt me. And they can say, wow. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to. Right. Those are the safe ones. So that's what I want you to look for. So let's look at spiritually blind. Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. That's Matthew 15, 14. Yes, and then we have the spiritual deaf. Do you still not understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? And that's Mark 8, 17 and 18. Now let's look at this. We've got spiritual sickness. We've got lukewarm heart, a spiritually asleep heart, a complacent and slothful, a spiritually calloused, a spiritually blind, and a spiritually deaf. So if you are identifying any of your wounds, any of your uh, feeble faith right now, then I want you to think about that. And now we're going to go through different levels of faith. We're going to go through faithless and then the different levels of a weak faith and a strong faith. So kick us off, Bobby. So faithless, there's futile faith. Without a risen Savior, our faith is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And then there's a dead faith. You believe that there is one God? Well, good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder in James 2.19. A belief in the doctrine without a personal belief in Christ is a dead faith. So to be faithless is to have a futile faith and a dead faith. Now let's look at the other levels of faith. Hardness of heart, which equals unbelief. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form of two of them, two, formed to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal, their hardness of heart, to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Mark sixteen eleven through 14. Wow. Um... That's what I've experienced with um, myself. I've experienced unbelief in different areas that God just, you know, that this is just evil and it's and it's it has come to harm me. Instead of understanding that no, it might look evil, but God's doing something here. He's pruning. He's working. 
And so I have to take that hard heart and I have to start developing faith. So little faith. When I had, when I went from a hardness of heart to little faith, then I still worried a lot. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Matthew 6.30. So there's a... Um, uh, understanding that I've got to speak to myself in Scripture. I got to realize who my heavenly Father is. Amen. Amen. Go, Go to the, the number, number three. three. Weak faith follows a lot of rules. Accept him whose faith is weak, without passing judgment on disputable manners. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Romans 14, 1 through 2. I'm definitely not that guy. <laughs> I like vegetables. <laughs> now, I had a weak faith in the area of where I felt like I, if I didn't have a dress on, I wasn't worthy to pray. And I, it was all outward. It was a lot of rules. It was trusting in my rules to be able to earn my way for God to hear me. Uh, so that was definitely a, wake, a weak faith. Now, the fourth one is a strong faith. Believe in the promises of God. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Romans four, nineteen through twenty one. So there it is. Abraham. Uh, he believed. And he, and he was old. He was old. But through the trials of life, through the different difficulties, the, the things that God had led him through, his faith had grown over the years. And so sometimes when we're going through things, we're either going to get stagnant or we're going to grow. I'm still such a baby Christian, and it took me a long time to start getting into this way of life. And all my things that I am faithful in now had to start with a belief. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the, the 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 jumping off place. You know, I had to really believe in something. And, and like Rocky talks about putting a truth hanging a truth tag on something, mm. and that's what a belief is. It's if I see something, I think it's the truth. I go ahead and believe it. Um, what happens is how I develop faith is those. It's like beliefs that have like a, a track record. Okay. You know, they, if I believe in something, then it happens. I'm going to have faith that it'll happen again. Right. So uh, that's kind of like, that's like the, the outside way of going in. And I know it's an internal thing, but like, that's like the behavior modification way to get faith. So what you're talking about is also identifying things that we believe in that aren't true. Like if I believe that I'm no good or that I can't come to God if I don't have that dress on or that I'll never make it, I'll never succeed. Those are false beliefs. And, and if we hang on to those, then, of course, they're going to come to pass. So what we have to do is be able to tear those down. We have to, we have to find, with our true faith, we have to find the lies and tear them yes, down. Does that, that make sense? sense? Absolutely. Okay, okay so these sense. levels of faith was hardness of heart, little faith, weak faith, and strong faith. So let's see. Let's keep growing here. Where am I at? <laughs> there we go. Maturing in our faith. We want to contend for the faith. I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints in Jude 3. Contend. So a lot of these, to me, uh, just looking at it from my viewpoint, look like they're the, the struggles we have are when we try to have works-based 
faith. That's right. Like I'm trying to do something to develop my faith or instead of my faith causing me to do something. Absolutely. Because <laughs> your faith going to glorify the Father. Right. Yes. So we have a saving faith, number two. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and I believe your heart and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Romans 10, 9. Mm, confess with your mouth. So a lot of times, I don't quite believe it yet, but I have to confess it with my mouth. The Lord said, the Lord said that he's going to turn this for, to my good and to his glory. The Lord said for me to delight in him, trust in him, and do good. The Lord said for me to be like uh, a tree planted by the rivers of life, to to be to meditate in his word. And so I have to speak to myself in scripture, in the words of God, to build my faith. So number three, justifying faith. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Romans three twenty-two through 24. I can't resist talking about this grace. Because, you know, God says he gives us grace sufficient for today, but he's not going to give me grace for tomorrow today. <laughs> he's going to give that to me tomorrow. There's no fronts around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got to, I've got to, I got to walk into this grace today. So today, if I'm stumbling and I'm staggering and I'm in unbelief, it's because I forgot to receive his grace. Absolutely. I may be worried about tomorrow, which I don't have grace for yet. I may be trying to go back and bring the past into the future and fix it, which I don't have grace for the past. I have grace for today. So stay in the present. Those kind of thinkings uh, can get me really stuck in like guilt or in dread, which 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 where there, that's where fear comes into my life. Mm. Like uh, you know, dread for me is like fear of the past, or, or guilt is like fear of the past, and, mm. and mm -hmm. dread is fear of the future. Wow, that's the way I, I look that's at those good way two to look things. At it. Because uh, fear just wrecks everything, and I know fear is going to wreck faith every time. Every time. It's the opposite, pretty much. Isn't yeah. It? Okay, number four. Crucified self. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. So if I yield myself to Christ and just say, I'm here. I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. Man, this looks bad, but you can make this into something good. I trust you. And if I just kind of wait on the Lord, it's really, it's really uh, amazing how my faith grows when it comes through. And, and sometimes it'll come through later, even if I didn't believe. It's just that it took longer and I had to stress the whole time. Right. <laughs> Instead of just walking in peace and praising him. I don't know what you're doing, Lord, but I trust you. And then it comes anyway, but it comes through this this joy, and I didn't stress myself out and make myself sick in the meantime. So number five, a righteous faith. The righteous will live by faith, Romans 1, 17. Hmm, the righteous live by faith, not by rules, but by faith. Okay, number six. Uh, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, Hebrews 11, 1. Hmm. Yes, spiritual eyes. Okay, active faith. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James 2.17. That is a, uh, a saying that we say in the Rooms of Recovery all the time, that faith without works is dead. Yes. Uh, meaning that, and that's it, kind of what, we, what I was talking about just a little bit ago. Um, the faith has to generate what I do. Uh, 
and and what I like my identity becomes uh, it's so confusing like I become a, 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 a product of of what I do and what I believe mm-hmm. and what I have faith in mm-hmm. you know like all those things work <laughs> together but a lot of times people just see what I do you know right. what I'm saying I do I do so that's a struggle for me because I can act a fool sometimes, and it doesn't have anything to do with my level of faith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's write it in. <laughs> so you need those mature people around you to help you. Right. <laughs> Number eight, mature faith. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. <laughs> that was a good segue. <laughs> James 2, 24. All right, so if we're going to go back through these, Bobby, where did I go? Let's see. I, I'm struggling with this mouse thing. Uh, quit clicking it. Okay, go back to the number one there. Contend for the faith. Okay, our maturing faith is contend for the faith, saving faith, justifying faith, a crucified self, a righteous faith, a spiritual eyes of faith, an active faith, and a mature faith. So there are levels. Uh, all baby Christians go through these as we're maturing, but the goal is to continue to grow. So every time I'm tested, uh, a tribulation, a test, a trial, an affliction, a persecution, a suffering. I want to be able to grow in my faith and not get stagnant, not get better, not get um, stuck in my fretfulness because then my faith isn't growing. I'm not contending for the faith. So I want to at all times, no matter what's coming at me, to be contending for the faith. I think it just goes to show that, I mean, a lot of people complain about adversity coming their way and stuff, but if I didn't have anything going wrong ever, I wouldn't have any reason to try to, to, to become more faithful. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, and there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any uh, way for your faith to continue to grow. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to grow. It'd be really right. boring, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the exercise is I want you to determine your level of faith and start intentionally growing in your faith. So think about it. Think about where are you at in your faith? How much fretting are you doing? Well, see, that's, that depends on the area. Like okay. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not as afraid of the things that I can control. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. It's the unknown that I think we have to have develop more faith in. Does that is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, like the, the things unknown. that I can't control. Like things you like can't fix every single thing control. in the world. That's right. <laughs> like what people do and how they feel and what they say. You know, I can get affected by that stuff really easily. Um, so. <laughs> Because I'm a mess 90% so, of the time. Yeah, I just hold it together really well most of the time. So we got to activate your strong man, which is how, what we're going to learn in the next book. We're going to learn how to recognize your emotional regression and activate your strong man. Well, thank God. <laughs> so the application for developing faith, God gave us three commands to develop our faith. He said, come, learn, and find, and then follow me and abide in me. So the first command was to come. So if my burdens seem too heavy to bear, I may need to come to Jesus and just give the burdens to him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. So anytime I get anxious, I realize that, whoa, whoa, I have picked up my work, because in Hebrews 4, 10, it says he that... Um, has ceased from his own works can enter into my rest. So if I'm not resting in the Lord, if I'm not quiet and peaceful and enjoying my day, 
then I have picked up my own work. That's right, where Pastor Jeff was last week on Hebrews 4. He's mm. going through Hebrews right now. It's a good uh, chapter. He's got another three or four weeks left in it. And, uh, he does that expository preaching. So right. it's, it's like sitting in school every Sunday. Every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so follow me is the second command. It's my responsibility to follow Christ by giving him my whole heart, soul, and mind. That's Mark twelve thirty. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. Hmm. So a lot of times i got to do the opposite of what I feel. If I want to um, go and fuss at that person and really take them by the throat and shake them, I need to be like, oh, no, wait a minute. I need to work through this exaggerated emotion first and give that to the Lord, and then I need to go back and humble myself and apologize for my part. Yes, Okay, so abide in me. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. John 15, 4. So it is in this close abiding relationship with Christ that we find the rest for our souls that we so desperately crave. This abiding fellowship takes the focus off of me, myself and I, and any other problem that is distracting me, and it places my focus on Christ and His enduring love. And then I find courage and strength to face all of my giants. So you know, even when the Israelites got to the Promised Land, they had made it out of Egypt, they had made it out of slavery, uh, they had made it through the trials and the tribulations and the unbelief and the lack of water and food and everything in the desert. They had been protected. They had been provided for. But then they, when they got to the promised land, there were giants that they had to fight to be able to conquer that promised land and to receive the promises of God. So in all of our lives, there is a battle that we have to have to fight our giants. Like there's always another level coming up. There's another level. So the principle is we cannot please God without faith. We cannot please God without faith. Go for the conclusion. And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11.6 Salvation starts with a step of faith. As we see in Scripture, salvation is a gift and cannot be earned. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not from ourselves, it is the gift of God. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.8 The works we do will reveal the depth of our relationship with the Lord. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 5.16 I love that one. Let your lights shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So that's not works. That's out of love. That's out of relationship. That's out of a depth of just loving God and wanting to do good. And that burns in your heart to the point that you cannot not do good. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when people are seeing that I'm doing good, they're not seeing me doing good. They're seeing the God in me coming out. That's right. Because they, they know they ain't no good thing in me. No. <laughs> they know I'm rotten. I can get real cruddy. <laughs> okay, so let's look at the feeble faith. This is just a little checklist. So I want you to, to listen to these, and I want you to kind of put a little check mark in your mind. Oh, as no. To, as to which ones of these that might be 
identifying your feeble faith. All these answers so, are confidential. <laughs> so there's 10 here. The first one is prayerlessness. So does that mean like I'm not praying? You're not praying. Number two, you're fretting and not praying. Number two, there's no desire to read the word. Number three, you do, you do not think the word applies to you today. Well, four, think like a deist. God put us here and walked away. Number five, no vision for the future. Number six, eyes on temporal things. Can you explain that a little more? Temporal is just uh, things in my uh, circumstances that's going to make me so out of balance. Temporary. Temporary things, not things eternal, uh, not uh, my salvation, not love, joy, and peace, but just this temporary stuff. How much do I have enough money for this? Am I going to be able to do that? If I, yeah, if I'm yeah. going through a program, right, I right. see how uncomfortable I'm like, am I always going to have to have a roommate that sleeps six feet away from me? Or, <laughs> no. Right, you're just so <laughs> focused on the temporal that you really cannot enjoy the faith and the joy of God that he's bringing to you. Can't see the forest through the right. trees kind of deal. So number seven, a little faith, which means you're faint-hearted and you give up too quick. Number eight. Confusion. Number nine. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, depression. Number ten. Dysfunctional coping skills, like using caffeine, food, pills, alcohol, drugs, etc. Gaming. Yeah, movies. Uh, to, to the extreme, to the excess. Something to just distract yourself. So prayerlessness, no desire to read the word. You don't think the word applies to you. You think like a deist. You've got no vision for the future. Your eyes are on things that are temporary. You've, you're faint-hearted and give up. You're confused. You're depressed. And you're dysfunctional. You've got dysfunctional coping skills. That is all indication that you have feeble faith. So what exactly is a deist? A deist is one that thinks God just put us here and he walked away and he don't give a squat of what happens to us. He's just like, I turned it over to you. It's your problem. Dropped us off like a box of rocks. Yes, that's right. See you, buddy. Yeah, instead of really being actively involved in our life and really caring about, you know, like he cares for the birds and like he cares for, uh, you know, just us every day, whether or not the flowers. That almost freaks me out that somebody could actually think that way. I mean, not that I'm like way up here spiritually, but just... I couldn't, I couldn't imagine having that thought process. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you really wouldn't have a Heavenly Father that you wouldn't even want to pray to. Right. Because he, you would think, well, he doesn't really care. He's got his back turned to me. And I get that some people don't believe. Uh, but there's, uh, I mean, I have to deal with a lot of people on the movement and Lifehouse pages that want to make comments about stuff and argue Christianity. And I'm like, do you realize that the description of the movement page is that um, we are a group of people who have come together that realize that God is the answer. Now, if you don't believe that, then why are you on this page? <laughs> I mean, are you just you're trying to start stuff? I and mean, you want yeah. to fight? Well, take it somewhere else, and I'll, That's I'll, right. I'll be quick to block them and remove them from the page. <laughs> so let's look for strong faith. Strong faith. Uh, having a disciplined prayer life. Hmm. What does that mean, disciplined? Like you could regiment it? Does it have to be? You know, you know when I have a... If I don't intentionally sit myself down, I might go most of the day fretting before I can pull it up and think, no, wait a minute, I forgot to give that to the Lord. Well, that's definitely one I need to take into consideration. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I've, I know that I've talked to God in, in, in prayer, but I don't have an organized set up time. It's not, my, my prayer life is undisciplined. Let's well, put it that see, way. <laughs> if, my, if mine is undisciplined, then I basically am anxious all day praying out of anxiety. But if I can set myself down in the morning, even just 10 minutes, I, I, I just tell the Lord, I'm not moving till I get peace, till I get a word from you for the day. 
And, and when I do that, man, this, this overwhelming peace comes. And then I find that as I'm moving throughout the morning, I'm singing. I'm not fretting. Does that make sense? My stomach doesn't hurt. I'm not irritated. I'm not anxious about what's going to happen through the day. I just know that, that I can just praise him. That's cool. Yeah, so I, the, I have a morning routine, but I, I, don't, I can't say and be honest that it definitely involves prayer every day. I mean, it involves reading stuff. But is it, do you journal? No, I don't journal. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, sometimes I have to. I, and things come up when I journal that I didn't even know was there. Uh, so when I get stuck, when I get confused, when I get depressed, I sit down and journal because I'm like, okay, I got to pull this up. I got to figure out what, what's rumbling and roaring back there that I can't put into words. I mean, I use the inventory process to, to, to find okay. uh, answers to things, but I don't technically, like, I don't have a journal. I don't, I don't write. I don't. I did enough writing in rehab. That you I, did. I just, you did. And I just like. That's I definitely just, something, a chore that you've got to be doing in rehab. Yeah, I don't like writing very much anymore. I so mean, I'll do it. <laughs> so a strong faith was, number one, a disciplined prayer life. Number two, watching and waiting. So if I'm watching and waiting, then I'm always on guard to think, okay, what's the Lord doing now? What does he, where does he want me? Is he blocking my way? So I used to be really irritated if, if it was an extra long wait in line somewhere. And now what I do is I'm like, okay, Lord, this is you. Who is it that you want me to encourage here? Who is it you want me to talk to here? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I think I'm good at that one. Okay. Um, not that this is a, let's evaluate Bobby on the, on the <laughs> podcast thing, but um, I, I, I always share uh, with anybody that'll listen that my favorite thing about being in recovery and being where I'm at in recovery is the ability to see God's movement in everything, mm. um, and, and I and I appreciate that, and I can and I can I'm very analytical, so I really break a lot of stuff down. But I always on the other side of it see where God was a part of it, right? And that's really that's cool. Awesome, that's awesome. And there's a lot of uh, good stuff going on in recovery. There's a lot of uh, exciting things, and and the kids will come and tell me about their experiences with the Lord and how the Lord speaks to them. So it's really exciting. So number three is hungering and thirsting for God's word, and and to me, Bobby, oh, hungering and thirsting kind of ebbs and wanes in my life. You know, so I have to be able to recognize when, okay, Lord, I don't even care to read your word today. So you're going to have to put that desire in me, and I have to say, Lord, help me to hunger and thirst for your word. I get that. Mine, mine waxes and wanes as well. Like, yeah. and, and a lot of it has to do with what, what, I, what I'm... Like, if I go and hear a good church service, then I'm on fire for a few days. Oh, you I got to get myself like, there, yeah. I'm like, I got to look, I got to look, I got to look that up, I got to look that up, I got to look that up. But I can, yeah. I, I go several days without reading anything out of God's Word, well, except and, for a devotional. And so find I'm, you... It's still you, covered technically, but yeah. that would be workspace. Find you <laughs> a good couple of preachers that speak into your heart, a good couple of singers that that flow and anointing that can help you get into that worship. So number four is longing for a deeper fellowship with Christ. Number five is saturating yourself with the Word. And the way I saturate myself is I meditate on it and I speak to myself in Scripture throughout the day. Number six, growing and maturing in faith. And I have recognized that if something happens and I don't extract the uh, DNA out of it to, to grow— to learn that lesson, to learn what the Lord's teaching me, I'm literally right back there in two or three weeks. And I'm just spinning my wheels like going around in that dry desert. I'm not growing. I'm stagnant and I'm stuck. 
And, you know, I, there's things in my life that have been really hard and I've gotten stuck for a year or so. So I have to just keep, once I'm really, really stuck like that, I just start reaching out, reaching out. I got to go to this friend. I got to go to this one. I got to go to a counselor. I got to go to a pastor. If I'm stuck, I, I'm, I'm either going to be stuck next year too, or I'm going to have to do something different. So growing and maturing in faith means also recognizing when we're stuck so that we can, can get that growth. Yeah, being stuck is no good. It's no fun. Number seven. Purposeful to develop the fruit of the Spirit. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's what we're developing in this book. Because as we're dealing with our traumas and we're bringing up those traumas and we're recognizing our inner core responses of anger or self-pity or bitterness and our extreme responses of drug addiction or cutting or suicidal thinking, then we've got to tear that down and we've got to build the fruit of the Spirit. We've got to build good character. We've got to respond in character instead of um, when I'm rejected. I can respond with compassion. And instead of having that inner core response of self-pity, I can practice patience or love or faithfulness. Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I know you're doing something good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Because otherwise I am stuck in that trauma all my life, and I'm just literally going to repeat patterns. So number eight. Accountable to others for good character. Now this means that I'm going to seek out good people in my life, and I'm going to be confessing my faults so that they can hold me accountable. Number nine. Humbling self. Humbling myself. That means that I'm going to allow people to speak into me to say, hey, that's wrong. Yeah, that's so tricky. That's wrong. (laughs) And, And, you know, people aren't going to come to me and do that if I'm prideful and arrogant and hiding and pretending that I'm good on all sides. But I'm, I'm pretty open with, okay, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling there, with, with a few trusted friends, and they can help me see my um, false thinking. So number 10. Serving God and being used by the Lord. Yes, that's strong, where you're just sitting there saying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. And number, help me to, to know what you're doing and to partner with you. I mean, a lot of times you don't even know that you're do- what you're doing is helping somebody else and, and serving God at the same time. Yeah, you just think you're being a friend. <laughs> yeah, or you're just, or you're just. I mean, just even the simplest things uh, can be allow you to be a tool uh, for Jesus. Amen. So number eleven, steadfast maturity. Steadfast maturity. So we keep steadfast. keep maturing intentionally. Yes, and that means that I get up and I do it again, even when I don't feel like it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like. Okay, that person betrayed me. I'm that church uh, destroyed my reputation, threw me under the bus, falsely accused me, and now I'm just gonna give up and be mad at God. Instead, I'm gonna shake that off and I'm gonna continue to mature. So, number twelve: wrestling unbelief and making no provisions for the flesh. Ooh, explain that for me. Wrestling. That, you know, sometimes if I'm double-minded about something, I will, I won't. I will, I won't. I will, I won't. I could, I should, I wouldn't. I, you know, if I hear myself rationalizing that, I need to wrestle with the Lord and figure out where, where he wants me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And having grown up in legalism, a lot of legalistic thinking, my thinking was really broken as far as what the Lord wanted out of me. I mean, I thought it was all outward. I did not have any understanding of how he wanted me to develop the character 
of compassion, of perseverance, of diligence, of honoring, of orderliness, of accountability. I mean, there are 49 character traits to Christ, and I, I hadn't been trained in them. So when I start looking at those, I can tell you exactly where I'm going to be uh, wrestling and where I'm going to be stumbling because it's my character flaws that is going to be tripping me up. So I want to be developing character and I want to be practicing the fruit of the Spirit. So strong faith is a disciplined prayer life, watching and waiting, hungering and thirsting for God's Word, longing for deeper fellowship with Christ, saturating myself with the Word, growing and maturing in my faith, purposing to develop the fruit of the Spirit, accountable to others for my good character, humbling myself, serving God and being used by the Lord, a steadfast maturity and wrestling my unbelief and not making any provisions for the flesh. And I heard one time, I heard a fellow say that, you know, he had alcohol issues. And so he said every time he went home, he would go past that um, that uh, liquor store. So he just decided to go five miles out of his way and go home a different way. <laughs> I can't yeah. do that. It's right it's across right the there. street. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so that way he made no provision for his flesh. So if you know that you need to put a boundary up against yourself so that you're not stumbling in that area, then that's what you need to do. So there it is. And that looks pretty intentional. Yes. And, and, and so discipline, <sighs> discipleship, is, is intentional to be discipled in the Lord, to get ourselves up, to get ourselves to church, to get ourselves thinking and renewing that wineskin, renewing our thoughts. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says to present our bodies as living sacrifices, which is our reasonable service. And it, and it talks about transforming my mind, transforming my thinking. And so until I can transform my thinking and think God's thoughts, I'm thinking fretful, anxious, worrying, bitter, angry, selfish, self-centered, self-pity. Those are my thoughts. That, and, and I get stuck and I get dry and then I can't hold the Word of God. So I want to be able to hold the Word of God. I want to be able to transform my mind and make it more elastic so that it can hold the Word of God so it's not going to leak Absolutely. out. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Nay, in all things that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Yeah. Romans 8, 3. More. We are more. We are more than conquerors. And so a lot of times I'll wake up with anxiety. Maybe I think I have this neural pathway of anxieties because I'll wake up with it almost you know, four or five days a week and I, I can get rid of it in 10 minutes if I intentionally do it. But I have, to, I have to speak to myself in terms like this. I am more than a conqueror. I don't know where this anxiety is coming from, but I ain't dealing with it today. You get away from me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And now I have prepared myself because a lot of that anxiety is just, it's just a little low-grade thing where we grew up uh, in an anxious, uh, with an anxious core. Does that make sense? Yes. And if I, don't have a, um, if I don't have a love bond, if I can't trust and exercise my trust muscle in relationships and I've been hurt a lot, a lot of times I'll have a fear bond and then I have that anxious core. And so no matter what happens, no matter how good people are to me, I'm anxious and I'm fearful. <laughs> so I have to retrain that by having a love bond and being able to, to speak to myself in loving, kind ways to know that I'm more than a conqueror. There you go. Okay. My Lord and my God, redeem what was stolen and restore what was lost. Be my refuge and my strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Help me to choose, but be still and know that you are my God. A mighty fortress in every storm. Psalms 146, 1 
2010. That's it for today. That's it for Healthy Faith. I just pray that each one of you could exercise your faith in every circumstance. And I want you to realize that as you're going out through your day, there's going to be at least 10 times you can talk to yourself in terms of faith. And this is Angie Meadows. And I'm Bobby Snyder. And we're happy that you joined us today. And we'll be back soon. All right. Bye-bye.